I had Carl Sagan as a professor briefly when I was at the University of Toronto, and he denied UFOs totally. That's because his worldview did not permit the existence of non-physical reality. As a Christian, I realized God created two different species of intelligent beings, humans that are physical and real, and angels that are real but not physical. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Today we're going to be talking about the increased belief in extraterrestrial life and how a Christian might make sense of those things. On a recent episode, we talked about the increasing number of people who identify as atheists and uh, people that identify as flat earthers and uh, those who uh, believe in alien life. And so uh, that prompted a number of questions. Uh, some of our Christian uh, commenters in, on YouTube began to say, hey, there is a Christian explanation for this, and it's actually supernatural stuff, aliens, uh, I mean, sorry, angels, demons, that sort of thing. And a number of our uh, atheist friends in different social media outlets were saying, well, how do you make sense of it then? What do Christians say about this? And so I thought I'd take this opportunity to give you a possible explanation for what we're experiencing here. I put in the comments of the last show that I don't know the answer to this question. I really don't know whether or not uh, what we're experiencing is happening at all, um, whether it's uh, aliens, whether it's, uh, as some people are saying, supernatural type stuff. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm a bit agnostic on that question, though I'm a Christian. And so we're going to take a look at uh, a couple of discussions. Now, what you see on the screen right here is a debate between a friend of mine, Mike Lycona, and my former debating partner, Matt Dillahunty, uh, as they are debating uh, mostly stuff related to the resurrection and that sort of thing. But uh, typically in a good resurrection case, uh, the, the Christian will lay out this, uh, the evidence based on a number of different factors that are often called minimal facts. And uh, one of those is usually eyewitness testimony to the raised Jesus. And so at this point in the debate during the cross-examination, the atheist who you see on the right-hand side of the screen here, that's Matt Dillahunty, he is going to raise the question of whether or not uh, Mike believes in uh, alien abductions because uh, it seems like the, what's intended here is, well, we have lots of eyewitnesses who are actually alive today who testify to having been abducted by aliens, and surely you don't believe in that sort of thing. And if you don't believe in that sort of thing, then why would you believe something that happened 2,000 years ago and we don't even have access uh, to talk with the eyewitnesses today? And in my opinion, uh, this backfires a bit. And so we're going to begin our discussion by taking a look at this exchange uh, that happened in 2017 at the Unapologetics Conference in Austin, Texas. I was actually here for this, and so it was fun to see this live. So let's take a listen now and see what they say. Um, do you believe that people are abducted by aliens? No. But I would be open to it. But I, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think the evidence is, is good enough for it. Okay. So despite the fact that there's nothing supernatural about the idea that there might be life somewhere else who made it to Earth, I don't believe that they were abducted by aliens either. Just oh, I don't record. either. Okay, now notice uh, Matt's wanting to be the skeptic here. Uh, I, I'm not saying I believe. I don't believe that they were abducted by aliens. Now, on the last video, we did see a couple of guys who were a little more 
confident in it. Um, a, a little, at least Richard Dawkins for sure uh, about it, uh, probably the most famous atheist in the world. Now Matt is trying to appear a little bit more reasonable. And, and, and you know, I, frankly, I think that he is. And he's saying, you know, I, I've, I, I don't know what I'm not saying. I don't think these people are abducted by aliens. Uh, but I don't think he's prepared for what's about to come. I don't think he expected Mike to know as much about this field or this area as he does. And I don't think he expected Mike, who, if you don't know, is one of the top three scholars in the world on the resurrection. He's a historian. He's a professor at Houston Baptist University. He's got an Oxford published book. I mean, this is a top shelf scholar. And I don't think that Matt, the atheist, thought that Mike, the Christian, would be willing to say, hey, I'm open to it. Maybe they do or know as much about it as he clearly does. Let's continue. Um, but at least via Occam's razor, we're not appealing to anything beyond what is naturally understood. And yet, for that, what is the plausible explanation for, in the cases of group hallucinations about alien visitations, what's the explanation for that? Well, you know, there's an interesting book uh, that was co-authored, I think, by uh, Hugh Ross and Kenneth Samples and one other. It's called something like Lights in the Sky and Green Men or something like that. It's talking about aliens and things, UFOs. Uh, Ross is a, a, an astronomer, and he talks about the possibility of there being aliens anywhere in the universe, and he's saying that, you know, with all the things that must be, he doesn't think there's life support anywhere else, at least carbon-based intelligent life, but he said the very closest planet uh, with an acceptable star would be about 230 uh, light years away, but given the fact even... Okay, now, now I want you to follow, because we're going to go to another video in a minute from the guy he's referencing, Hugh Ross. So I want you to hear what he's saying. He's saying, he's not saying, I don't think the evidence is there because of this or that other thing that has to do with my faith. He's saying, I don't think the evidence is there, and here's why. There is this uh, book written by uh, a scientist who's going off about these things and saying that the closest star we have is this distance away, and he's about to explain, here's the amount of time it would take to get here. And so, uh, so continue to listen, because this is very important as to why Mike doesn't believe. It's not just Mike doesn't believe because it would pose some kind of a problem for his Christianity, or he doesn't want to sound like a weirdo, or anything like that. He's very open. He's open-minded. No narrow-mindedness here. Listen. Even if you could travel at the speed of light, which he says you can't, but even if you could, you'd have to slow down because of space debris and radiation. It would take you about 23,000 years to make the trip, which no one could survive. And once you got here, you'd have all kinds of problems anyway. He says when you look at the uh, alien sightings and the spaceships, they do things that defy the laws of nature, which even if you have um, uh, uh, technology and stuff, you can't defy the laws of nature. So it's kind of like if there's a, the spaceships do all this kind of stuff, but if it moves like this and it's next to trees, it's gonna suck the trees over when it does this, but the trees don't move. So he thinks there's a good chance that this is either an extra dimensional or a spiritual dimensional thing. Okay. So he would say that there are a number of cases of these alien abductions, UFO sightings, that he thinks are authentic because the witnesses seem to be good, but he wouldn't attribute it to aliens. He might attribute it to some sort of spirit beings for this. Sure. Okay, so, so now I want you to track with this. So Matt, clearly, by posing the question, is setting up to say, you don't buy these alien abductions, even though they have great eyewitnesses, but you buy the resurrection on the basis of, partly, on the basis of, uh, some eyewitness testimony that we have. And uh, Mike's saying, no, 
first of all, I don't know, and I don't think they're being abducted, but not for the reasons you might think, because I don't think it works out in terms of the distance and the time it would take to get here and all those sorts of things. Those are the reasons that he's giving us. And, uh, and, and, and then he says, and actually, uh, if we go with Hugh Ross and Ken Samples, it seems like uh, we actually should trust some of these eyewitnesses. They're experiencing something. Something's going on. And so uh, if I'm putting all the evidence together and not just part of the evidence, they, it seems that the aliens could not get here if it's aliens. But it does seem like a, a sum of the percentage of these people. Now, if, if you study this out further, you'll find that there's reasons to believe that a lot of these things can be culled away. But there is uh, a residue of real acceptable cases that these people seem to match a good eyewitness for something. And for those, okay, they're experiencing something. It doesn't seem like it can be aliens. So what is it? Uh, that seems consistent with Christianity. You could have something like spirit beings or beings from another dimension. Now, if that seems out there, I want to make it clear. This is not my position. I don't know. But this is a Christian answer to this question. And it's one that showed up in our comment section quite a bit that oh, these are supernatural beings like uh, fallen angels or something. And if you put all the data together, it's starting to look interesting that way. Now, now don't uh, make a decision yet. Now, in my opinion, and I like Matt Dillahunty, the atheist on the right-hand side of the screen. I, I, uh, I, I, when I met him personally, he was a wonderful guy. I listened to a lot of his stuff when I was preparing for our debate. And I just really began to like him as a person. I really, really do. And I think he's an incredibly intelligent person. He probably has a really high IQ. However, um, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, but what we're about to see is a few moments, and you got to really watch for it, but a few moments where I think Matt didn't expect that and now is trying to restate what Mike said to try and figure out where to go from here. And he does find his footing and they go off in another direction. But I just want you to watch this for a minute because I think we see a man who did not expect the Christian to answer in the way that he did. Sure. Uh, So I, I don't, well, I do disagree about his conclusion about what it's likely to be. I don't disagree that, you know, it's implausible uh, given what we know that aliens are visiting Earth. So where am I going to go from here? Okay, I've just, okay. I don't agree with that. I do agree with this. Um, what am I going to do here? And frankly, this is fine. I mean, sometimes things happen that you didn't prepare for in a debate, and you got to try to figure out, okay, what now? And Matt's pretty good at that. So let's see what he says next. However, that's given what we know. And given what we know, you and evidently Hugh and others would seem to think that it's more plausible that UFO sightings are spiritual in some sense rather than... Not all of them, of course. A, a very small minority of them that can't be accounted for adequately by natural, ex- natural explanations. So you're back to can't be accounted for. This, is, this has been like the repeated theme. Based on what we know, we can't account for this. Right. Based on what we know about things like hallucinations and all this, plus what is possible according to the laws of nature. But we know that group hallucinations are possible. Okay, so now they're back to an issue related to the resurrection. But what I want you to notice is he's just doing what I'm doing, which is to say here's an answer that has been given uh, from Christians and one Christian who is a scientist at least. And what he's saying is not we don't know, therefore it's spirit beings or whatever. He, he's saying, he's saying uh, based on what we know can't be the case— because it would defy physics. Uh, here's another explanation that seems consistent with the Christian worldview and seems plausible. 
Uh, but we're going to see more on that here in just a moment because now what we're going to do is you'll, men you'll notice that he mentioned Hugh Ross. Well, here is Hugh Ross. And uh, we're going to listen to Hugh Ross and what he is going to say about this. And I think this is pretty interesting. Millions of people claim to have had encounters with UFOs. And the vast majority you can explain as simply natural phenomena or human activity or a hoax. But there's a 1% residual that actually you can show is real but not physical. Now, I had Carl Sagan as a professor briefly when I was at the University of Toronto. And he denied UFOs totally. That's because his worldview did not permit the existence of non-physical reality. As a Christian, I realized God created two different species of intelligent beings. Humans that are physical and real, mm -hmm. and angels yeah. that are real but not physical. And when you examine this 1% residual of the UFO sightings, you see that they consistently violate the laws of physics, but nevertheless you can prove they're real. For example, there are literally hundreds of places where UFOs are crashed into the ground. You go to the site, the ground is depressed, vegetation is damaged, snow is melted if there's snow that's there. Uh, obviously something real happened there, but there's no debris, there's no artifacts. And when the UFOs observe coming through the atmosphere, let's say 18 to 25,000 miles per hour, no sonic boom, no heat friction. If it was a physical object, you would get a sonic boom and heat friction, and there would be debris at the crash site. So we're dealing with something that obviously is real, but it's not physical. Okay, now notice what he contrasts himself with his former professor, Carl Sagan. Uh, Carl Sagan couldn't buy it. Why? Because it couldn't be explained naturalistically. Uh, Hugh Ross can buy it because he believes that there's non-natural things that take place. In other words, if you look at it through the paradigm of, okay, on naturalism, is what we're seeing explainable? No, it is not. If you look at it on uh, any position that holds to supernatural stuff, like the Christian faith holds to supernatural stuff, is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. You can explain it. In fact, it makes sense. And so what I want to clarify here, um, I'll go ahead and clarify this for anyone that's listening. We don't believe Christianity is true because of stuff like this. Uh, for me personally, I can only speak for myself. I became a Christian ultimately because I had personal experiences with God and all those sorts of things. But I remain a Christian uh, because of the work of the Holy Spirit in my life and because of the evidence that is so incredible for the truth of Christianity. Um, so you have great theistic arguments like we've talked about on this channel many times. Uh, uh, we, uh, if you go back and watch my debate with my debate with Matt Dillahunty, um, or if you watch any number of my response videos, you'll hear things like the cosmological argument that God is the best explanation for the beginning of the universe, the design argument that God is the best explanation for the fine-tuning of the universe to allow for life, and the moral argument and, and the free will argument that I, that I give, um, that God is the best explanation for humans having what is known as libertarian freedom. So we believe in God on evidential grounds, and then we believe in the resurrection because there's a great historical case for the resurrection that uses the criterion of historical investigation. So when you look at this that way, we believe in Christianity. We've got really good reasons to believe that Christianity is true because if God exists and God raised Jesus from the dead, Christianity is true, period, okay? So you've got those things. So when we come to something like this, we're not saying let's see if, if somehow this can prove Christianity is true. That's not what we're doing here. 
what we are saying is, okay, we've got this phenomenon. Here's all the data on it, like the data that he's giving us here, that uh, it seems like whatever did this was non-physical because of the reasons that, that we heard. No sonic boom, uh, no heat friction, no debris at the site, but there is damage at the site, you know, all these kind of things. Um, it seems like something happened, No, as Lycona had mentioned, uh, when it passes by trees, there's no suction on the trees or whatever. So it seems like something non-physical is going on, but it seems like some of these eyewitnesses are credible. What what makes sense of that? Well, naturalism does not make sense of that. And the reason it doesn't make sense of that is because these things would violate the laws of physics. Now, one could say, uh, well, maybe on down the line somewhere, physics will understand some things that will account for it. Oh, okay. That's what we call naturalism of the gaps. Uh, naturalists often tell us we're committing what's called a god of the gaps. That's when you don't understand a phenomenon, so you just say, well, then that's God, like ancient peoples might have said about lightning. Uh, we don't know what that is, so it's you know some god throwing lightning bolts or whatever. Um, so that's god of the gaps. There's some uh, phenomenon you don't understand, so you plug in god. Well, there's also naturalism of the gaps, which says um, we don't know how to explain this. It seems to go against everything we know. But one day, one day, we we have faith that uh, naturalism will come up with an explanation. But with the data that we have right now about what is impossible in terms of the laws of physics. Uh, the best explanation doesn't come to us from naturalism. It comes to us from some kind of worldview that has supernatural stuff going on. And since we already have good reasons to believe that Christianity is true because of the great arguments for God's existence and the resurrection case, then is this consistent with naturalism? No. Is it consistent with Christianity? Yes, it is. And so uh, that's that's kind of what, what we're doing here. And again, I want to reiterate I don't know what's going on with this phenomenon. I, I'm, this is not an area where I'm an expert, but I'm showing you a Christian response to what this might be. And we're going to hear a little more about that right now. And I'm not the only physicist that's saying this. Uh, I know of a half dozen other physicists and astronomers who are not believers who draw the same conclusion that I do, that whatever is behind the occult and witchcraft and demonology is also behind this residual of the UFO encounters. There's clear evidence that something real is happening, uh, and there's evidence that it's not physical. They violate the laws of physics, so it's non-physical reality. Jacques Vallée, who is not a believing uh, UFO investigator, says it's interdimensional phenomena. He believes there are beings operating in dimensions beyond the universe which is very compatible with what the Bible says about angels and demons. We know these can't be physical craft coming to the earth because uh, they would have to travel so far and uh, if they were to travel at a high velocity, uh, the beings on board would be killed. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're dealing with something that's not subject to these laws of physics and angels fit into that category. The other thing that's interesting is the closer the encounter that people have with UFOs, yeah. It's 100% deleterious. Nobody has a positive experience, and which is why I believe it's the fallen angels that are responsible for this phenomena. And I think what I write about in the book mm -hmm. is that you see a correlation between the degree of occult activity in yes. an individual's life and their UFO experiences. And I end the book by saying this is scientifically testable close the doors to occult activity, that will be the end of these UFO experiences. The reverse is also true. If you open up these occult things, uh, don't be surprised if you get these kinds of visits, and it's not going to be pleasant. Well, okay, so 
let me just pause here for a moment and say, and, and I think that's all the video we're going to watch there, um, but you notice he mentioned one such person that you could research further who believes that, yeah, it doesn't seem like anything we understand physical could account for this. So maybe it's interdimensional. Um, I, and, and that person is Jacques Vallée. Now, maybe, maybe Jacques Vallée, I haven't researched him very much. Um, I watched a few videos, but it could, maybe he believes that they are physical, but because they're coming from another dimension or something that that accounts for it, not having to travel great distances and all of those sorts of things. But the point is that that interdimensional idea would be completely compatible with Christianity. In fact, uh, it would make much, it would make great sense on, uh, on Christianity or some supernatural uh, view. Now, if, if you're the kind of person, and there are some Christians like this, and it's always strange to me. But obviously, uh, people who are not uh, who are atheists are going to say uh, that the idea of demons and angels is absurd and all of those kinds of things. Um, however, uh, there's two things I want to say to that. One is the the level of evil and depravity that we see in the world. Uh, some of the wicked things that take place, people doing things to little children and, and that sort of thing. Things, and you can imagine, I mean, you've seen movies, you've heard news reports, the things that go on um, <laughs> make sense if there is something truly evil in a special way uh, interacting. But I'm not making an argument on those grounds. But I, I do want to say, um, it's odd to me, it's not odd that atheists would feel that way, that the belief in angels and demons is ridiculous. But it, it is odd to me when Christians uh, roll their eyes at this sort of thing. Because the belief in angels and demons is a system-dependent belief. If Christianity is true, then angels and demons exist. Um, so whenever I experience, whenever I run into people like this that want to roll their eyes at it, I think that if you're a Christian, you shouldn't roll your eyes at that. Uh, Jesus certainly believed in angels and demons. And if you're, to be a Christian minimally would be to believe what Jesus believed, right? Uh, so... I don't, I don't think it's that strange. And again, if God exists and God raised Jesus from the dead, Christianity is true, period. And for all of you that say, well, you don't have any evidence and all that sort of thing, that's what this channel is for. Just go watch some other videos or watch my debates and you'll see that uh, I lay out the evidence there. But uh, so if you, if you already have good reason to believe that Christianity is true and you have reason to believe that these demonic forces are at work and you have what look like only negative experiences in the reliable 1% of eyewitness testimonies, and the experiences seem to be non-physical, then what accounts for this? Well, what accounts for it on a Christian worldview is the demonic. And so I think that what we have here is a pretty sensible, reasonable explanation from a Christian perspective of what these so-called alien encounters or abductions actually are in some of the cases. Uh, so it's not something that you often hear from academically minded Christians because a lot of people in that category are, um, you know, they don't want to sound like weirdos. And so they don't talk this way because they know that for some odd reason, even some Christians think that talking about angels and demons seems a little odd. Um, I don't think so. I don't see it. So, uh, but this, again, I don't know. I'm agnostic on this, but here is a Christian explanation that to me seems sensible. And so I, I look forward to hearing what your comments are going to be on that. Uh, by the way, if you didn't see the original episode, it was called, um, I forget what it was called, but on the, on the thumbnail, it said aliens or atheists, flat earthers and aliens. And I'll link it in the description below. 
And so you can check that out there and you can listen to Richard Dawkins and Lawrence Krauss talk about this. I hope you've enjoyed this episode um, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Trinity Radio. And I'll tell you what, if you want to help us out, you can help support this show and uh, react and respond to atheist presence on YouTube and the videos that they make. And you can do that by clicking the little icon that pops up when you hover your mouse over the top right hand corner of the screen here and you can go to our patreon channel if you're listening by audio you can also get there by going to patreon.com slash trinity radio also if you'd like to interact with me um, you can contact me uh, directly at uh, i think it's braxton at trinityradio.org or braxton at evangelisticapologetics.org Um, And you can contact Jonathan at Jonathan at TrinityRadio.org. So I look forward to hearing from you. And if only in the comments section, listen, all of you who listen to this show, whether you're a Christian or an atheist or something else, um, you make this possible. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And I think discussions are a good thing. Um, I listen to a lot of atheist videos because I think that the dialogue is important. And I think we need to go somewhere with it and try to find what makes the most sense out of the nature of reality. Thank you for being with me today. And again, I say I'll see you next time on Trinity Radio.